0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Healthy Living podcast. I'm your host, nutritionist and personal trainer, Vanessa Vitali, and today we're going to be talking about the four pillars of health. Sharing with you the secrets to feeling good is simple and straightforward. You just got to focus on a few essential elements and you'll be on your way to true wellness. All right guys, so I wanted to record this podcast today because I've been getting a lot of questions about micronutrients, macronutrients, phytonutrients, um vitamins of all kinds and these complicated more advanced strategies to health and nutrition and what I think most people are lacking is the basic fundamentals connecting back with, you know, eating right, exercising, sleeping well and Stress management. Stress management is huge, especially in these times of COVID. Um, I'm a single mom, and if you got kids right now, it's one of the most stressful times to either be homeschooling and reducing an income and, you know, all the great things that, you know, go along with 2020. So, um, cool. Let's just dive right in. I'm really excited about this topic today, and I hope you guys are, too. So the first thing and most common questions that I get from clients is health fads. And health fads come and they thankfully go. And despite the shiny promises, the one particular superfood, workout, biohack, you know, whatever it is that's gonna get you in the best shape of your life, three minute abs, the truth is you don't need to overthink it or even overpay to get healthy. It really boils down to four fundamentals. Eat well, exercise regularly, manage your stress and get enough sleep do those four things focus on those four things and you'll be better to avoid illness and even live longer in today's age so everyone you know you look you go to medical centers and hospitals and stuff and everybody there is really focused on treating diseases what do we have what medicine do we have that we can shell out to help you know treat the symptoms of these diseases. And now you'll see that we're starting to more embrace an idea that health is more than taking medicine or getting an x-ray. It's about making holistic choices that are going to set you up for success. So let's talk about these four pillars of health and how each pillar is going to set you up for success in your long-term wellness goals. Right? So the first one, the most important one, I think, um, is diet so really for your diet you just need to eat a variety of foods the secret's simple variety choose different fruits and veggies and other plant-based foods they all have plenty of phytonutrients that you know contribute to good health and each in their own unique way the same goes for protein foods try new kinds of fish poultry meats beans legumes and don't overlook nuts and seeds You know, there's proteins and all different sorts of things. And if you are stuck in the habit of eating chicken for dinner every night, like maybe when you go grocery shopping, switch it up. This week you get chicken. Next week get, you know, lean ground meats. Next week get fish. And that's a good way to just keep having variety in your grocery shopping and to just do it every week. But even, um, even more if you're avoiding processed foods, eating the same healthy foods on repeat is only going to give you the same nutrients, you know, and not all the nutrients that you actually need. It's like trying to play a symphony with only a few violins or flutes. The sound may be nice, but a whole orchestra with a full range of instruments would sound even better. We tend to label some foods as quote unquote bad when in fact it's really your eating pattern that may not be great. If the only veggies you eat are corn and potatoes, then that's not going to be healthy. Not because corn and potatoes are bad by any means, but if because of what you're choosing isn't balanced. So let's let's look through the lens of color. When you're eating foods in all categories like blue, purple, brown, orange, red, what about green? Each offers your health a little something different. Plus, they keep your meals interesting. And there's nothing more amazing than looking down at a very colorful plate and just knowing the variety of micronutrients that you are absorbing from those so let's talk about how you can make nutritious choices well when you sit down try to fill your plate with at least 50 percent vegetables and aim for three different colors of vegetables at each meal split the rest of your plate between lean protein like shrimp or tempeh and complex carbs like beans or whole grains and don't overlook herbs and spices either herbs and spices are nutritional powerhouses Parsley, for instance, is high in aptogen, a potent anti-cancer compound. Oregano may help fight off viruses, and special compounds in time are anti-inflammatory. It's lucky for us that they also taste really good, and they make your food taste good too. Um, Another tip I got for you is to buy local. Whenever possible, locally source your foods. Buy foods that are in season, and if you have a farm or a farmer's market next door, show up. Show up and get those those foods because I promise you, locally harvested broccoli or spinach or, um, you know, even like right now we're in Palisade Peaches. If you live in Colorado and you know about Palisade Peaches, they are the best peaches that you will ever get all year. And studies have shown, you know, just in this, for instance, that locally harvested broccoli had twice the amount of vitamin C as to broccoli that was obtained out of season and shipped from far away. So, even more of a reason to buy local, stay local, and eat foods that are in season the best you can. Alright, so now we're going to move on to the second pillar, exercise. And exercise is pretty simple, Um, you know, don't overthink it, just get moving most days. No matter if you're thin, it's still important to keep working out. Research has found that people who are obese, uh, obese and cardiovascularly fit have better health outcomes than people who are slim and not fit. So if you are one of those people who categorize yourself as skinny fat, well, just because you're skinny doesn't mean that you're healthy, or just because you have a lower body fat percentage doesn't necessarily that mean that you're healthier than the person standing next to you. So aim to be active about 150 minutes per week. You can spread that across five or six days instead of just one or two, so it's not so overwhelming. And your body benefits more from daily increases in your heart rate and oxygen consumption, just like your system benefits from more food and water that's consumed over the course of a week rather than a giant feast eaten in a single day. And two non-consecutive days each week, you can focus on strength training, flexibility exercises like yoga, and these will help boost your bone health and muscles and um, reduce risk for injury. The rest of the time, choose a cardiovascular activity that will strengthen your heart. If you're not a fan of working out, you can focus on all the good reasons that there are to do so anyway. It improves cognition, for instance, and may reduce your stress and anxiety. Exercising regularly also helps you stay active and independent for years to come. Think you don't have time to work out? Well, make every bit count. Move whenever you can, go for a walk, take the stairs to your your building. You can even do laps around your house or march in place during TV commercials, just to get a little bit more steps in your day. Also, if you're working out, expect setbacks. Real life will occasionally interfere with your workouts, and when that happens, it's easy to fall off the wagon. But the most important thing is to return, your, return to your routine as soon as possible. Think of it this way. If you get really busy and skip lunch one day, does that mean you'll never eat again? No. And the same goes for exercising. Another idea is to recruit others. Instead of just having a buddy to work out with, find a group. That way, if one person's schedule gets derailed, yours won't too. Exercising with others may give you a mental boost. And a study found that med students who worked out in a group had a bigger drop in stress levels compared to solo sweaters. So that's pretty cool. And then also, motivate yourself and know what motivates you. For some, it's signing up for a non-refundable class. For others, it's tracking their progress on a smartwatch. Even buying a cute pair of leggings can help. And a survey of 2,000 gym goers found that 7 in 10 felt inspired just by putting on their gear. When you find a strategy that works for you, embrace it. Our third pillar is going to be stress, and this is the one that I want to put a lot of focus on right now because I know that we're stressing a lot in our lives. Um, With everything going with COVID and uh, quarantine and schools not being right, I mean, 2020 is going to be a year for the books. This is crazy out here. Uh, Anybody with kids has got to be stressed out. So let me give you some advice. Strike a balance. Stress is inevitable but its cumulative effects over time is what damage your health. Chronic stress has been linked to a host of issues, including anxiety, depression, weight gain, inflammation, digestive issues, fertility problems, and even poor memory. The way to avoid repercussions is by dealing with stress in the moment, as it happens. Don't let things sit there and build up inside you and build up and build up to the point that you explode, because then you may not be experiencing the fight or fight response, but you're experiencing chronic stress built up over time. So the idea is to become psychologically flexible, or in other words, to learn to balance your exposure to stress with self-soothing efforts. I often equate this to standing on a surfboard on top of a bowling ball. You can learn to Um, You can lean into your uncomfortable emotions and then discipline yourself to pull out of that discomfort. Being able to toggle back and forth like that will make you more resilient. And research has shown that it's not stress itself that causes these negative health effects, but it's our attitudes and beliefs about stress that can make it quote unquote toxic. When you feel powerless, that's when stress becomes harmful. So it's not really about the amount of stress you have in your life that matters. It's the way you ride it out. So let's talk about ways that you can channel your inner calmness. Hack your brain. Identify your responses to stress. Do your shoulders pop up? Do you talk faster? Catch yourself when you're reacting. Then take control. The only thing that you have in your control is behavior. Drop your shoulders. Soften your belly and slow your breathing. These subtle changes reassure your body that any stress you perceive isn't a physical threat. You're overriding your sympathetic nervous system. And Find the positive. Do you have a demanding new boss? Think of all the things you will learn from her. Dread your commute? Well, at least you have time to listen to your favorite podcast. Research has shown that reframing an event to change your emotional response to it helps keep stress in check. And at the end of it, bounce back. It's not a matter of if you run into a stressful situation. It's a matter of when you run into a stressful situation. And when you run into a stressful situation and effectively. Just go easy on yourself. We have this reflex to do things that makes us feel better in the short term. But next time, choose to handle your stress in a way that helps you recharge. Like make a green smoothie, apply a face mask, take a bubble bath. Take some time to just stretch and and read a book if you can. You're not running away from your stress. At that point, you're fostering resiliency. Now we're entering the fourth pillar of this segment, and that's sleep. Sleep's important, and more than important, it is amazing the things that our body does to regenerate and repair itself while we sleep. The brain is pretty binary when it comes to sleep. It has to rest. When you sleep, your brain rids itself of waste products and consolidates memory. Sleep also helps your heart and circulation working and keeps your digestion regular. It's not yet known why we have to be unconscious, unconscious for all these things to happen, but we know that we do. And on average, people say you need seven and a half to eight hours of sleep each night. Well, lots of people say that they do just fine on five hours, but they're more likely to be functional despite mild sleep deprivation. Functional and doing what's best for your body are not synonymous. Taking care of your future self is important, and a long-term lack of sleep has been tied to many diseases that you could play a version of six degrees with Kevin Bacon on it. Once you know how much sleep your body needs... Think of it in terms of a week. You have seven days to get 49, 56, or 63 hours of sleep, whatever number falls best for you. Studies show that if you make up sleep in the short term, you live as long as those who got a perfect night's sleep every night. So if you have a sick child, delay flight, or 4th of July party to attend, just take a nap the next day and you'll be fine. So how can we improve our sleep patterns or the quality of our sleep or ensure that we get more sleep prep for bed an hour before bed start signaling your brain that it's time to unwind keep your bedroom cool between 60 and 67 degrees because your body needs um, to drop its temperature in order for you to sleep so it kind of gives you a head start dim the lights and limit some screen time and i've noticed that since i've had kids i have a daughter she's four years old right now and when I started giving her a regular dinner, bath, bed routine, I noticed that when she goes to bed at 8, 8.30, I'm starting to feel tired. I'm starting to feel regulated, like I need to go to sleep. And at that point, I'll read a book for maybe an hour, and then I'm in bed myself. So definitely having a consistent nightly routine that you do for yourself will just tune into your circadian rhythm and just start to you know, signal your body that it's time to go to sleep. And when you prioritize me time, so we all crave a little time to ourselves after a hectic day, but that often happens at the cost of our sleep. So what if you were more efficient earlier in the evening? If you know you want to decompress in a bathtub or catch up on that favorite TV episode, do it right after dinner, even if it means pumping back a few to-dos. And practice relaxing. A lot of experts will tell you, if you don't fall asleep in 15 minutes, get up and do something else. But, I don't know, I kind of have a problem with that because there's also a bunch of research that say and show that staying in bed and thinking about the people who make you happy or trying to square breathe to relax. For example, inhaling for four counts, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four more, and repeat. And the studies that I've been reading has shown that people who effectively rest are almost as physically and cognitively refreshed as people who actually did sleep. So rest is not failed sleep. And it's something that we can control if you're not getting enough sleep. All right, guys, and that wraps up our podcast for today, the four pillars of health. Eat well, exercise regularly, manage your stress, and get enough sleep. I promise you'll be better able to avoid illness and even live longer. Stop focusing on medicine. Stop focusing on the x-rays and the treating of these diseases and start making holistic choices that will set you up for success. And you'll see that just through making these choices, these better life choices and supporting yourself and making yourself a priority, feeding yourself healthy, organic, raw foods, getting that heart rate up, getting the strength training and stretching Sleeping, and if you can't sleep, at least laying down to rest and practicing stress management, you'll see that weight loss and lower blood pressure and less insulin and reverse of diabetes. Type 2 diabetes is fully reversible. You know, implement these few basic strategies and you will see all of these other other benefits be, you know, a side effect. So thanks for tuning in. And I'm excited to share with you the next Healthy Living Podcast episode. See you soon.